section ninety of mysteries of london volume four this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. mysteries of london volume four by george w m reynolds mother and daughter again it was about five o'clock in the evening of the same day on which these events occurred that laura mortimer and the count of carignano attended by rosalie arrived in london by the south-eastern railway and they immediately repaired to an hotel at the west end of the town although the young italian nobleman had experienced sufficient leisure for reflection with regard to the step which he was about to take the enthusiasm of his passion had not undergone the least abatement on the contrary the more he saw of laura and the longer he was in her company the more ardently did he burn to make her his wife nor can this infatuation on his part be a subject of wonder or surprise with our readers for when it is remembered that the artful creature united the most winning ways and captivating manners to the most transcendent loveliness and that the count of carignano had the warm italian blood flowing in his veins when too it is recollected that the siren maintained an incessant fire upon his heart with the artillery of her charms and her fascinations never permitting the conversation to droop throughout the journey and never seeming wearied of lavishing the tenderest caresses upon her handsome companion when all these circumstances are taken into consideration it cannot be a matter of wonderment if the silken chains in which lorenzo was ensnared were completely riveted there was also this fact which served to strengthen his love and her power namely that she had not invited him to return to her in paris she had not sought to retain him within the sphere of her influence on the occasion of their first amour she had not played the part of a mere adventuress or husband-hunter towards him no she had dismissed him with the understanding that their connection could not be renewed that she could neither become his wife nor his mistress and the young man had of his own accord flown back to her as a suppliant for her hand that she could be an adventuress or a husband-hunter never therefore entered his imagination even if for an instant he paused to ponder with any degree of seriousness upon her character and so far from considering that he was bestowing any favour upon her by making her the sharer of his wealth and title he looked upon himself as the party owing the obligation he regarded himself as the happy individual who had the greater reason to rejoice at the connection on her part laura mortimer was most anxious that the marriage knot should be tied as speedily as possible for she naturally longed to place beyond all possibility of doubt or disappointment the brilliant destiny that had suddenly developed itself to her view even the possession of the cheque for sixty thousand pounds was a secondary consideration in comparison with her desire to secure that proud title of countess which was now within her reach having partaken of a hasty dinner at the hotel laura and her intended husband repaired without delay to a fashionable house-agent in the neighbourhood and it happened that he had upon his list a furnished villa of which possession might be taken at an hour's notice it was situated in westbourne place pimlico and was in perfect readiness for the reception of occupants thither the count laura and the house-agent immediately proceeded and as the villa fully corresponded in all its conveniences and appointments with the description given an arrangement was effected upon the spot for the tenancy laura and the count returned however to the hotel for that night 
and early in the morning they repaired to doctors commons where the young nobleman speedily obtained a special license thence attended by rosalie they drove to a church at no very great distance and by eleven o'clock the hands of laura mortimer and the count of carignano were united at the altar the incidents of this forenoon had however been closely watched by mrs mortimer the wily old woman upon quitting the doctor the day before had reasoned thus within herself laura has captivated a young italian nobleman whom she feels she can love whom she already loves and who possesses a proud title and princely revenues those were the very words which she used when she communicated her matrimonial intentions to me in paris i know her well enough to be fully convinced that she will not delay a moment after her return to london in securing her admirer a special license must be the means and as her intended husband is a foreigner laura will no doubt accompany him at least into the neighbourhood of doctors commons even the presentation of her cheque at the bankers will be quite a secondary matter when compared with the grand object of securing the coronet which she so much covets it was in consequence of these reflections that mrs mortimer rose early in the morning and repaired to the district of doctors commons where it is no difficult matter to become an observer without being observed in the maze of narrow streets and little courts forming that neighbourhood nor was she mistaken in her conjecture neither had she long to wait in a short time a carriage hired from the hotel made its appearance and a handsome young man with a clear olive complexion and a glossy moustache alighted a lady thrust out her head to give him a few whispered instructions and the beauteous countenance was not so completely shaded by the white bonnet and the veil but that mrs mortimer from the nook where she had concealed herself could recognize the features of her daughter in a short time the handsome italian returned his own countenance glowing with delight and the moment he re-entered the vehicle it drove away mrs mortimer had a cab in attendance and she followed the carriage to within sight of the church at which it stopped she then dismissed the cab and boldly entered the church in order to become perfectly convinced that no unexpected accident should interfere with the marriage ceremony seating herself in a pew at a distance from the altar she could behold everything without being observed by those whom she was thus watching she saw laura converse for a few moments with the sexton who immediately afterwards hurried away and in about a quarter of an hour he returned in company with the clergyman and the clerk the ceremony then took place and when the count of carignano was leading laura back to the carriage rosalie being in close attendance upon them mrs mortimer suddenly emerged from the pew for an instant her daughter started and seemed profoundly vexed at this abrupt and unaccountable appearance of her parent but in the next moment she recovered her self-possession and assuming a smiling countenance said i thought you were in paris this therefore is an unexpected pleasure permit me lorenzo she added turning towards her husband to present my mother who has thus accidentally happened to enter for her own devotions the very church where our marriage has taken place as she uttered these words laura glanced with imperious signification at the old woman as much as to enjoin her not to undeceive the count relative to the accidental nature of this meeting for the bride now understood full well that her mother had been watching her movements though for what purpose she could not possibly divine i am delighted to have the honour of an introduction to mrs mortimer said the count taking the old woman's hand and i hope that she approves of the alliance which her daughter has just formed oh assuredly my lord answered the harridan but i regret that i was not duly invited to be present at the ceremony however i am not the less contented that it should have taken place and as my stay in london is very short your lordship will perhaps excuse me 
if i crave a few minutes private conversation with my daughter you may accompany us to the house which we have taken mother said laura and my dear lorenzo will there grant us an opportunity of discoursing alone on family matters for a short time certainly exclaimed the nobleman who was too happy to offer an objection to anything proposed by his charming wife and who saw nothing sinister nor strange in the present scene unless indeed it were the sudden and unexpected presence of the mother but as she had offered no objection to the match he did not choose to trouble his own felicity with any conjecture as to the cause of her abrupt appearance on the occasion the bride bridegroom mrs mortimer and rosalie who had acted as bridemaid accordingly entered the carriage which drove away at a rapid pace towards pimlico during the ride the conversation was of that general nature which settled upon no particular topic and which therefore needs no detail here and on the arrival of the party at the beautiful little villa in westbourne place mrs mortimer and laura were speedily closeted together the moment they were thus alone laura's countenance suddenly changed and her features assumed an expression of something more than sternness for it was rage as she said in an imperious tone why have you been watching my movements and how dared you thus to intrude yourself upon me at such a time and place because it is of the utmost importance that i should confer with you at once on a subject of deep interest to us both replied mrs mortimer adopting a voice and manner of such cool insolence as to convince the shrewd and penetrating laura that some circumstance had transpired to enable the old woman to proclaim her independence and of what nature is that subject inquired the young lady still treating her mother with a coolness almost amounting to disdain in one sense i am completely in your power in another sense you are entirely in mine returned mrs mortimer and therefore mutual concessions are necessary to enable us both to enjoy peace and follow our own ways unmolested you must explain yourself more fully yet said laura believing the announcement that she was in her mother's power to allude to the secrets which the old woman might reveal relative to the dissoluteness of her former life if you desire me to render you any service she added after a few moments pause you should not address me in the shape of menaces because you know my disposition well enough to be fully aware that i am not likely to yield to them even though my own interests should suffer by my obstinacy in that respect perhaps you will talk differently in a few minutes observed the old woman if we now stand face to face as enemies it is your own fault we will not re-argue all the points involved in that accusation said laura remember the scene in suffolk street remember also the remarks which passed between us the other evening in paris and then cease to charge me with the misunderstandings that may have sprung up between us you desired to play the despot's part i resisted and in these few words all our differences are summed up but i imagine that those differences were settled and that an arrangement was made whereby you were to dwell apart from me and receive a quarterly stipend of two hundred pounds have you thought better of the business or do you require some other terms yes i require other terms indeed exclaimed mrs mortimer then fixing her eyes full upon the countenance of her daughter she said i am in possession of a secret which would ruin you enough mother ejaculated laura her beauteous countenance becoming scarlet with rage i will hear no more for i understand your menace but now listen to me you fancy that i am in your power you think that if you seek my husband and reveal to him all the particulars of my past life my amours my profligacy you flatter yourself i say that his love will turn to hatred and that he will discard me now i dare you to do your worst i fear you not in the first place you shall not see my husband again in the second you, you could succeed in working no change in his sentiments towards me 
i would give you the lie to every word you uttered he knows that i am not a goddess of purity but i should have little difficulty in persuading him that you are magnifying a comparatively venial frailty into a monstrous dissoluteness and now mother you may leave me as speedily as you choose and spare me the pain of thrusting you from my doors by main force sublime and grand in the majesty of her beauty was the voluptuous wanton unprincipled perdita for on this occasion we must give her the name which so admirably represents her character as drawn up to her full height and with heaving bosom flashing eyes and expanding nostrils she thus addressed her mother having laid aside her bonnet shawl and long white gloves she seemed like a pythoness in her bridal garments and her manner was as energetic and awe-inspiring as her voice was emphatic and determined in its full silver tones but the old woman lost not her composure on the contrary she listened to her daughter with the calm insolence of one possessing a last argument the enunciation of which would crush and overwhelm one word laura she said in a voice that commanded the young lady's attention one word and then act as you choose if i ere now adopted a tone of menace it was not with the intention of wielding such paltry and poor weapons as those to which you have alluded i had not then and have not now the slightest intention of venting my spite in petty tittle-tattle relative to your amours i will not afford you the chance she added with keen sarcasm of using your sophistry for the purpose of colouring your dissoluteness so as to give it the air of a mere feminine frailty cease this long preface and come to the point at once said laura a vague fear coming over her but which she concealed beneath a cold and rigid expression of countenance at the same time she saw full well that her mother was really possessed of some secret power whereof she was determined to make the most my preface is done continued mrs mortimer and now for the matter to which it was to lead you have this day married the count of carignano you need scarcely ask that question said laura since you have ere now accompanied us from the church where the ceremony was performed and you will henceforth style yourself countess of carignano proceeded the old woman still adopting an interrogatory style certainly responded laura i shall use the title to which marriage has given me a right but to what point may i once more ask is all this long discourse to come to this answered the old woman approaching her daughter and sinking her voice to a low whisper to this she repeated her countenance becoming stern and resolute while she abruptly stamped her foot imperiously upon the carpet to this laura that your marriage of to-day is no marriage at all that you consequently have no more right than i to the title of countess and that you have drawn down upon your head the peril of a prosecution for bigamy an ice chill came upon the heart of the young lady as these withering words met her ears but by means of an effort so powerful that it was anguish even to exercise it yes agony thus to restrain her pent-up rage from finding a vent in a furious outburst she preserved an outward calmness which astonished her mother who had expected to bring her down as an abject suppliant upon her knees you must still explain yourself father said laura in a cold tone what you affect not to understand me exclaimed the old woman or would you have the insolence to deny that you are already married to charles hatfield i do not condescend to a falsehood upon the subject at least with you responded laura contemptuously though internally her agitation was immense and yet you did deny it in paris said the old woman but i was aware of the fact at the time and i cherished the secret well knowing that it would serve me some day or another i little thought however that i should so soon be compelled to make use of it and for what purpose have you now proclaimed your knowledge thereof demanded laura a gleam of joy lighting up in her soul as she perceived that her mother was vexed and embarrassed by the calmness with which her menaces were received in a word resumed the old woman we are in the power of each other 
you can transport me and i can transport you again must i request you to explain yourself said laura you are evidently fencing with something that you wish yet fear to communicate i will speak out at once exclaimed mrs mortimer the cheque which the marquis of delmore gave me for six hundred pounds i altered in such a way as to make it represent sixty thousand and i yesterday obtained the amount from the bankers if you present your cheque i shall be ruined and therefore i propose a compromise and by the way of opening the negotiation you level menaces at my head said laura who though at first startled by the announcement of the tremendous fraud perpetrated by her mother had speedily recovered her self-possession what then is your decision asked the old woman trembling from head to foot and no longer able to conceal the horrible fears that had come upon her for she began to fancy that her daughter would not yield even to the threats that had been used to coerce her what is your decision i repeat to refuse all compromise to accept the gauntlet which you threw down at first and which you would now gladly take back again to place myself in a condition of open hostility to you answered laura her countenance growing stern and pale and her lips quivering slightly but it will be transportation for us both exclaimed mrs mortimer i for forgery you for bigamy permit me to give you my view of the case said laura i hold a cheque for sixty thousand pounds which i shall present to-morrow and the money must be paid to me the bankers will be the sufferers by the forgery not i nor the marquis of delmore this disposes of one part of the question for the rest i have only to observe that even if i were tried and convicted for bigamy a fortune of sixty thousand pounds would be no mean consolation during perhaps imprisonment for two years or transportation for seven i am not however so sure that any prosecution of the kind will take place be you never so vindictive for i question whether you will have the courage to open your lips to accuse me of bigamy seeing that it would not only be forgery with which i should charge you but murder murder repeated the old woman half in indignation and half in terror what mean you i mean that mr torrens your husband met with a violent death answered laura that you yourself gave me this information and that you came over to london to be revenged upon him for his conduct of former times now mother she exclaimed her countenance suddenly becoming radiant with triumph now will you dare to repeat your menaces against me the old woman staggered back a few paces and sank into a chair the tables had been completely turned against her she had come to conquer and she must depart conquered she had sought out laura in the hope of reducing her to submission she was herself now crushed and overwhelmed there was something shocking in the mortal enmity which had thus sprung up between the mother and daughter the former threatening transportation the latter pointing to the gibbet looming in the distance but you know you know in your own heart that i did not take the life of torrens suddenly ejaculated the old woman starting from her seat i know nothing more than what you yourself told me mother said laura and if the matter should happen to go before the magistrate for investigation i shall only state what i do know and shall not assist your cause with any conjecture relative to your innocence and would you send me to the scaffold demanded the wretched woman her voice becoming plaintive and mournful would you place me in such a position that i must inevitably sink beneath a mass of circumstantial evidence and be condemned as a murderess would you send your own child into transportation the horrors of which you yourself have experienced asked laura bitterly oh my god this is a punishment for all my crimes exclaimed the miserable mrs mortimer a pang of remorse suddenly shooting through her heart like a barbed and fiery arrow you should have calculated all the consequences before you came hither to menace me observed laura still in a cold and severe tone a tone that was unpitying and merciless can nothing move you asked the wretched woman now completely subdued and cast down overwhelmed and spirit broken nothing responded laura sternly you may do your worst i fear you not and henceforth i acknowledge you not as my mother 
saturated with crime steeped in profligacy as the old woman's soul was nevertheless this sudden renunciation of her by her own daughter went like a death-pang to her heart she fell back again into the seat from which she had started a few minutes previously a deadly pallor came over her countenance rendering it hideous and ghastly as if the finger of the destroyer were upon her and her breath came in long and difficult sobs but her daughter stood gazing unmoved on this piteous spectacle stood like an avenging goddess in her white robes as if about to immolate her victim upon an altar give me a glass of water laura for the love of god a glass of water gasped the old woman at length as she extended her arms piteously towards the relentless being whose heart so voluptuously tender beneath the influence of love was hard as adamant against the appeals of her parent nothing no not even a drop of water nor a crust of bread shall you receive beneath my roof was the unpitying remorseless answer then my curse be upon you my curse be upon your dwelling and all whom it contains cried the old woman suddenly recovering her own energy and firmness for the last words of her daughter had goaded her to desperation the curses of fiends turn to blessings said laura in a calm and deliberate voice but a mother's curse is a terrible terrible thing exclaimed mrs mortimer fixing her haggard eyes intently upon her daughter who returned the gaze with looks of proud disdain and haughty defiance the old woman then rose slowly from her seat and as slowly walked towards the door on reaching which she turned round and said is there no way of restoring peace between us none was the resolute and laconic answer mrs mortimer hesitated yet for a few moments then as if suddenly embracing a desperate resolve or struck by some terrible idea of vengeance she abruptly quitted the room laura listened with suspended breath to hear whether there was any one in the hall for her mother to speak to but her apprehensions on this head were speedily relieved and in a few moments the front door closed behind the old woman the count of carignano who had watched her departure from the drawing-room window now hastened to join his lovely wife the interview has been a long one and i fear not altogether pleasant dearest he exclaimed as he clasped laura in his arms my mother wished to exercise over me a despotism to which i cannot yield responded the bride but wherefore did you conjecture that our meeting was disagreeable because your countenance is very pale my love answered the count in a voice full of tenderness ah now it is growing animated and the colour of the rose is returning to your lovely cheeks yes murmured the fascinating woman as she wound her snowy arms about her husband's neck it is because your presence has restored me to happiness and banished from my mind the unpleasant impressions excited by my mother's behaviour but we shall see her no more and naught can now interfere with our perfect felicity this assurance delights me answered the count gazing with a joyous admiration upon the splendid creature who had that morning become his bride End of section ninety